Welcome back. This episode is sponsored by the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> CPS only. Exactly. Dry clean only pod. Um, I have. I know I say this a lot, but it, it really be true. I got another great episode for y'all, man. Um, this episode is like really, really, really probably going to be one of my favorite. I mean, all of them are my favorite, but this one is really going to speak to a different level for me. Um, so I hope y'all enjoy it. Man, I have uh, an amazing artist in the building today. Uh, I got to shout out my homie Victoria for sure, because without her, I probably would not know half the amount of great people that I do know. But uh, this one is most special. I actually met him on my birthday two years ago. Nah. Nah, it would be it, it my birthday this year. It'd be two years. For real? It will be. It will be two years because um, I met you in 21. Um, so. That's a little backstory for y'all, but yeah, I, I went to his crib. I just remember seeing pieces on the wall, and I was like, Am, "Like, who did this?" And he was like, "I did." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah. like, there you have it." Like, it, you know. But without without a further ado, I got Sir Canvas in the building. Everybody, oh, yes, sir. Yeah, Khalif, aka Khalif's Canvas. Yes, sir. Aka the man with the brush. Yes, 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 indeed. Um. First off, thank you for coming here, man. Uh, again, appreciate I really you appreciate you, you having me. Uh, the first artist on my on my podcast hey. for sure. So that that's that's a point. That's um, an honor. Yeah. Honor on my, on my part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, definitely. Just just so excited to have you here, man. Um, I don't know what to get into first. I, I'm like, do I do I touch on artistry? Do I touch on style? We gonna we gonna touch on style first. So let's let's start with this bit, man. Look, run run through this bit through this, this, this is to us. Light, actually. Uh-huh. But you know, any jeans you see me wear, right? I've distressed them myself. Okay. So okay. we go get the jeans from wherever I can get them from. Okay. If they twenty dollars, two hundred dollars, they getting cut up. Okay. So these are the home special. Okay. Uh, cut these up. These are actually H and M jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the rude recess high on. You know, second okay. time wearing. Just right, for, right. Very podcast. clean. Very clean. Just for the podcast. And then we got, you know, just a little knitted sweater on. I actually got this from Banana Republic. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, then we got the Dickies jacket, which I actually painted, didn't mm-hmm. like it, spray painted over it. Right. But I wanted to give it like this uh, rusted wash type of look. Sure. But this is all spray paint. Okay. So, yeah, no, that this jacket is really hard. Yeah. Like, like, uh, is there something on the back or? Yeah, it was. So uh-huh. I had like this. Uh, I was gonna call like my clothes like the Southside Grow Shop. Sure. Um, so I had painted that on the back, and it just it looked a little too clean. Like I like to have like this grungy, but also like uh like just just the position type of thing, right? So if we got on some cut up pants, then I like it to be like a nice clean shirt. Got you. So kind of. Thinking of it like if you ever seen like a beautiful mural in the neighborhood, but mm-hmm. it's kind of in front of like an empty lot. Right. That's kind of what I go for. Okay. So that's okay. What, that's what the fit is today. Then you know, always got accessorized with the rings. Mm-hmm. You know, got the do rag on today. I know, I know. Got the silky going on. I don't usually wear the do rags, but lately I've been like, I don't know. It, it feel like a superpower. Right. I wore this to Soho house yesterday. Uh huh. And I was contemplating like. Should I keep it on? You know, is that the environment for it? Right. Like, that's definitely the environment for yeah, it. That's exactly why I had to yeah. keep it on. So it's like, but yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. I feel like whenever I go there, like people are always dressed to, to the tens when they when they go in there. But it'd be a very diverse in terms of like what people are wearing. Yeah. Um, like they're always, it just seems like they, when you go in a solo house, you, you try to have on a good fit. Facts. So um, this is, this is. The do rag was definitely in part to a you good know. fit for sure. Appreciate that. Um, speaking of good fits, man, what was like a your intro to style, bro? Man, we yeah. got some similarities on on coming up, but go. <laughs> go. Nah, it, and I feel like it always starts with just like parents, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Before you could pick your clothes, they, they picking was, your yeah, clothes. Absolutely. And I think like one of my earliest memories um, of just like getting dressed is. Uh, the Taste of Chicago. Oh, Lord. I don't remember <laughs> what year it was, but uh, I wasn't picking my clothes out yet. Right. And the plaid shorts was in. Oh, man. And I think we know all what year it is. I can't remember, like, specifically, but it was one year where plaid shorts was in. Okay. Which is a crazy, you know, saying to say that plaid shorts was in. But Facts. I asked that. 
and I had just got some Air Force Ones, but they were like red, black, and white. Mm-hmm. Never had a pair of just all white ones until I got to college. Right. Okay. Low tops. Basically. Got you. Got you. Um. But yeah, so that was like I think that was one of the days I cried that day because I didn't want to wear that fit, <laughs> but I didn't have a choice. <laughs> right. And I think from that day moving forward, I was like, bro, I can't wait till I get my own money so I could buy my own clothes. Right. But that was that was kind of like that first instance of like, okay, I do have an idea of what I want to wear. Okay. Or specifically what I don't want to wear. Right, right. And it was what my mom was picking up. Wow. So that that goes to the story of that was one of my worst fits ever. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't even, I feel like it was it wasn't the worst fit. Uh-huh. But it was just like I feel like you always remember when your fit makes you feel uncomfortable. Yes. Um, yeah. And the shorts, like they came. That's when the shorts was like capris. Oh yeah. And it was like. Oh this yeah. It's not, <laughs> not the move right here. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, but style is like it always it graduates. You know, exactly. It improves as you mature and things like that. Uh, but like I said, my parents weren't the most fashionable people. Mm-hmm. Um. But they always had me in decent stuff. I wasn't ever going out the house looking crazy. It's just like, you know, Ma, I want to I wanna dress like, yeah, I yeah. want to look cool. I don't want to look like my yeah. grandma dressed me, you know. So. Facts, yeah. No, I, I feel it because, like, that Timberland story we was just sharing with each yeah. other. Like, coming up, I wanted a pair of Timberlands so bad. And then my mom was like, oh, you want some Timberlands, huh? Timberlands. And she went out and, and got me the field model. That was like a field boot model, right? Yeah, yeah like a hiking boot. The hiking thing. boot one. And I was like. Mama, they not really hiking in Timberlands. We the only ones with hiking Timberlands. Bro, that, that, they weren't the they weren't the wheats. That they were something that I mean, I'm blessed though. Blessed to actually say, you know, I was able to get a get a pair of Timberlands eventually. But um, yeah, definitely. Now nah, that's crazy though. Now I'm thinking about it for real, like, cause that same model of Timberlands, like the whole family had them. So my dad, my mom, and he had the same pair. And I don't think either of them ever had, like, a pair of wheats. Really? Like, my, I don't think my dad ever did, because he did, like, construction. So, mm-hmm. he always had, like, the steel toe boots, but it was the... Wolverine joints. Yeah, but yeah. never the, the $200 Timberlands, because why would I buy $200, $200 Timberlands to go yeah. work in? So. That's true. Exactly. That's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that, you know, being in place, I know that since then, a lot, like, your style is definitely elevated. Um, what would you say your style is now at this point? That's interesting, right? Because I'm still, like, trying to figure out which direction I'm moving in, right? Because mm-hmm. I just turned 25. So right. before, you know, I used to be okay with having, like, my whole fit would be painted. Like, we talking jeans, shoes, jacket. All by you. All by me. Right. Right, which was which was cool then, right? But now I'm in certain rooms or I'm in certain areas where it might be too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, even the designs I do now are a little bit more... Uh, subtle like it's kind of more quality opposed to being a shock value okay um but yeah but right now like i really jeans i've always been like my go-to like sure i'm always gonna have some fire shoes on right and i'm always gonna have some fire jeans on okay uh so that's kind of been like my thing that's been propelling what i like mm-hmm. um i've really been into like the dickies jackets and the cropped tops like jackets and things like that. Right, right, right. Wise, mm-hmm. Like a little bit more boxy. Um, I used to be into skinny jeans, which honestly I still am, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but the proportions mm-hmm. of pieces and the layouts has kind of been what I've been trying to focus more on because you can have fire jeans or fire jacket, but oftentimes they might not always go together. Like it might look different with certain pairs and stuff like that. Exactly. No, I, I feel like, and when I'm thinking of this, and, and maybe you can let me know if I'm wrong or not, I feel that with you being an artist, mm. that it works so well with clothing. Because uh, like you said earlier, like a lot of the stuff when you were stepping out prior to, you know, turning, you know, aging a little bit was like painted and, and, and put up by you. Right. And I think that's hard because like, you know, people go out here searching for new fits like right. every day. Like I'm popping out. I got to go buy a new fit. Right. But like literally, you can go in your closet, be like, "I'm I'm gonna do something with this. Make I'm a, I'm gonna make a fit." Yeah. And I don't know too many people that could do that. Yeah. So that's just like a, yeah. that's a that's a big plus when it comes to well, you know, being someone of fashion or style, as well as being an artist as well. Um, 
as you can see, I'm very geeked to, yeah. again, have you here being an artist and everything. Uh, I know with that being said, are there any pieces that you've owned outside of those those Timberlands that mm-hmm. the whole family had? Um, is there any piece that you've owned, it could be past or present, that you would consider a grilled piece to you? Let me see. Because it's like, I got some pieces that, like, growing up, now I've always wanted. So, like, I was telling you about the D. Roses, right? Yes, like, yes. Of course, I would never put, step out in those mm-hmm. fashion-wise, but I right. used to play basketball. So, before I was, like, really into fashion, it was just, like, the athletic fits. Gotcha. So, the shoes that you had on was really the main thing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, that's how I got into shoes. Uh, But being from Chicago, playing basketball, the D. Roses is, like, I bought them for $35. $35, that was just a steal. Just to have them. I'm like, I don't care if I never wear them, but I need right. them just to say I got them. Right. Um, but then also I think that goes into like the grail pieces, right? So like I got the the Yeezy boots, the desert boots. Okay. Um, and that's because of the season two Yeezy crepe boots that I had. Right. That my dog chewed up. So... I'm not going to feel you. I, as much as I love crep boots, because I, I just bought a pair of crep boots uh, a couple weeks ago. Like It was a boot I was chasing like years and years ago that I had seen Frank Ocean in. Mm. Uh, and I love crep boots. Right. I just don't love how the sole crumbles as soon as you hit the, like, e- even though you shouldn't walk on the carpet, you know. I was walking on the carpet in them before I even, you know, walked outside in them. And they were already getting dirty, bro, just off the I know this. I'm listening to this now. I'm like, I hope these people don't think my crib dirty. But I'm just playing into the in the field of wearing. I'm like, man, these boots really like you really start to see it. Yeah, bro. And I got I got mine my freshman year of college, Mm -hmm. and honestly, that was like my favorite shoe because it's always been a thing. Like I've really been into sneakers, right? But it's it that was like my turning point where I was really into boots. Gotcha. Like. Cause I used to also have like a bunch of Timberlands because that's what I used to paint. Uh-huh. So I've had Timberlands, but also Air Force One. So it was really 50 50. Right. Then Yeezy Boots, it's like if you ever thought about what your superhero, what type <laughs> of shoes they would wear, right. that, that was my pair. Yeah. I, I think Timberland owe you a, a sponsorship. No, nah, they really do. They, they really they they, need that. No, they yeah. really do. I'm they telling need you. that. I yeah. probably touched at least 100 pair of Timberlands. Crazy. Off, off the, I was about to say off the strength of painting. Like. Yeah, that's crazy. No, that that's real though. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get into it, bro, because I'm I'm super excited. We we get back to the, the fashions and the whatnot sure. later on. Uh, artistry has been something extremely big for you, bro. Extremely big. How did you like find it? How did you come into being an artist? So, truthfully, it, it's through fashion. Right? Mm. So. And I feel like I've I've said this a number of times, but like mm-hmm. the thing that I found with art, my whole thing was how do I mix something I love, which mm-hmm. is fashion, with my passion for art. Okay. So and that's what led me to painting clothes because I'm like, okay, I know how to paint. Well, actually, I didn't know how to paint. I mm-hmm. know how to draw, but to put it on my clothes, I had to learn how to paint. So the first thing I ever painted was some shoes and then mm. clothes before I ever touched the canvas. When did you begin? Was this did your painting career begin in high school or so it was high school? Yeah, junior year of high school is when I first picked up a paintbrush outside of an art class mm-hmm. and they went straight to some Air Force Ones. Okay. So that was kind of like my thing. Um, and it was just like it went from there. So I painted my shoes, wore them to school. Mm. I was like, dang, I like them. Like, because right. then that's when I had the feeling of like, I always wanted to be not necessarily different, but I hated wearing things that other people also had yeah so that's kind of what like influenced my i guess you could say my style then it was like i know that everybody's wearing this but i'm gonna try something risky and wear something that nobody else is wearing sure so whether that's colors like when hierarchies came out i painted mine pink nice just because everybody has the other colors but nobody got pink ones yeah so and you're gonna notice them so that was kind of just like and nobody said nothing because right out of dress and then when you know you know how to dress, you get away with a lot more stuff. Yeah, that's so you true. Try more stuff. Right. The, what, what the Harachis that we, we're talking about was the base color white. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I definitely want. I remember when those dropped. 
those actually sold out pretty quickly. Which is crazy. Right. To think about current day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. the shoe that was selling out. And yeah. It was like a hundred dollars. Like. Bro, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, it was a classic silhouette. It's one of a you know Nike's classic silhouettes, but painting. Ooh, to paint them pink, man. That that's a uh, that's a bold. But just to paint them at all is even bolder. Yeah. So it's interesting that you really started out painting through sneakers. And it's crazy because actually, so the what really got me into it, right, is I think how everybody gets into it. I was watching World Star Hip Hop, um, <laughs> and it was a video of this uh, dude named Delano Brown. I was just, yes, yes, yes. And he was painting Timberlands, and I seen him doing like live painting on dresses. He painted his hat, his right. car, his dog's jacket, and I was just like, this is the type of art that I like. Right. I mean, I could get a canvas to put on a wall and stuff like that, but being honest with you, like, we didn't buy original art from artists because we didn't know too many artists to buy art from. Okay. So, it just, that was not my environment of how I understood art, but okay. I understood clothes. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, okay, let me mix this artistry with clothes because that's something that we can understand. Sure. So when I seen that from him, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a pair of Timberlands that I had mm -hmm. uh, and tried it on those. And, like, the thing is, like, growing up, your mom not going to buy you two and three pair of Timberlands because you not decided to paint these. She, she ain't buying you one, exactly. on your mom. So <laughs> it was always, like, a, I think that influenced, like, my pieces today. Like, I'm very um, intentional mm -hmm. um, because I see it as, like, my only pair of shoes. So when I would paint my only pair of shoes, this has to be my best because it's the only chance I got right here. Right. Because I don't have a second pair of Timberlands that I could just be like, oh, well, if I mess these up, at least I got these. Sure. So that's kind of like my paintings now. I try to make the best thing I can. Right. It doesn't seem like it's this abundance where I could just do it, mess it up, go on to the next one. Sure, sure. It's funny when you said Delano because not in uh, that I – that your artwork in any shape or form mirrors him. Mm -hmm. But when you said you started out painting on shoes, like he was the earliest person who I knew as well painting on shoes. Like wow. if you listen to Fabulous, any time between the eras of 2013 to maybe even 2015, mm -hmm. a lot of his fit pictures, he was wearing Timberlands that were customized by Delano. Yeah. I remember that. So like, uh, it's, it's just funny that uh, you you know that as well, because um, I feel like a lot of people don't know they that don't know. they don't know they that don't at know. all. Like, and, and actually, like to be honest with you, it I did because this is like my beginning stages of being an artist. Mm -hmm. You emulate what you see or what you like. So when I seen uh, the video, that's what got me into painting flowers um, or roses specifically. But sure. it's also a connection, right? Because my name is Khalif. Mm -hmm. So I've always been into, like, plants or leaves. Mm -hmm. uh, so that just kind of made sense when I seen that. Um, and it kind of made it easier to, like, give me something to practice on. Right. But, yeah, it was just, like, it was raw. Like, yeah. And I liked it. I know he had, did like, a jersey for Chris Brown. He was wearing the Timberlands mm -hmm. with the Fab. And it was just, like, yeah. that's, that's the type of artist or fashion person I want to be. They can keep the art on the wall. Absolutely. Well said, bro. Uh, when it comes to your art, I always feel like, or any artist, you know, speaking, there's a process. Mm. Um, and I know that you, you know, now you extend beyond painting shoes and things. Um, but what is the process behind your artistry? So I'm self-taught, right? Mm -hmm. So my process is a little bit unorthodox, I would say. Um it's it changes like a lot of times i tell people a lot of the paintings they see for me are like pages out of my sketchbook mm. so they do seem like a, a finished piece but it's always me just trying something new so it might be my first time trying this painting style so i don't necessarily have a process that i'm following because i'm still figuring out what that process is mm -hmm. um i just really probably within the last three months figured out my process specifically oh, wow. um and that's what six to seven years has been now but like when i first picked up the paintbrush for those shoes mm -hmm. that's day one mm -hmm. that's day one of learning that's not just day one of getting back into it that's like day one of trying this for the first time so the seven years has been you know you don't learn the stuff overnight i don't you don't become great at it the first absolutely year yeah. second year third year yeah. like i'm really just getting to that point 
Uh, but really, my my process is you have this idea. Let's see how close we can get to that idea that was in your head. Okay. And you either get there, and sometimes you don't. Right. Um, and you sit it down, and you come back to it later, or like your jacket, you cover it up and yeah. make something else out of it. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I've had some experience with art, but not to your degree, of course. But like, I would ball it up. And toss it, but yeah. for you to sit here and say, "Nah, you just paint over that." Yeah, yeah. That's, bro. I've had many paintings that I was just like, I've spent hours on. It was like, that's that's not it. That's not the one that. That's not the feeling I was going for. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And I could just cover it up, <laughs> or try it again. Like it's like mm-hmm. I said, it's you figure out how you get there by creating stuff that's like, that's not it. Like the fit. Right. I didn't know how I wanted to dress, but I know that's not it. <laughs> so right, right, that's, right. it's kind of the same thing with the paintings. It's either like, okay, I spent time on this and I, it didn't look how I wanted to, but now I know how to avoid it looking like what I didn't want it to look like. Mm. So that's kind of been, um, like I said, my process is growing, it's changing. But also I think from a thing that's helped, right, is because I used to paint clothes, which mm. – you can cover up, but it's kind of harder to cover up for most times. So it's really easy for me to jump into a painting or paint a mural or paint some clothes because something that's so permanent in painting on clothes, mm-hmm. I kind of have the confidence in myself to just go for it. Sure. So like other artists that didn't start painting clothes, they are very, you could say like scared or like skeptical in painting clothes because and trusting themselves that they're not going to mess up. Mm. because you feel like you can't really just erase it or paint over it. Right. So I kind of found a way to avoid that fear of messing up because once you put that paint on them jeans, you keep going until you get it right. So that's kind of been, um, like I said, my process, but it, it changes. Mm. No, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here thinking, um, and I, what I'm thinking right now is that really it is just a, a bold, you really have to be bold to paint on clothes initially you know what i mean like canvases are meant to be painted on i mean and you know clothes now where i feel like you've put it to a point where they're meant to be painted on but just initially starting out i I, you know like clothes is just such a bold thing it's like really jumping off the porch in a way so i I, again i'm like i said i'm sitting here thinking about that and i really got to give you your flowers for that that's that's a very big you know coming into you know who you are and being an artist that's a very big thing um it's it's two things to it it's like just because i'm thinking about it Mm -hmm. the best way i can communicate it or make you feel in the seat of starting to paint on clothes it's like if you ever tried to cut your own hair the first cut like because it takes you time to build up that like all right we're gonna do it yeah (laughs) but it's also like once you do the first one you kind of got to make it all the way through because you're not just going to cut one part of your head. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what painting on clothes feels like. It's like, a, dang, all right, here we go. Yeah. And then you just kind of hope for the best and you either got to wear the hat the next day or you talking about how good your haircut is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it is kind of crazy. I try not yeah. to think so much about it because then it does make you get a little yeah. anxious when painting on clothes. Sure, yeah. I... Uh, when it when it comes to your art, um, what is it that you try to achieve in a lot of the artwork you do? Like from what I've seen, again, amazing art. Like I, I feel like you kind of bring two things together in a lot. You bring a lot of es- elements of nature mm-hmm. in your art, as well as like daily life, like human, you know, very human, humanly aspects of uh, of you know the world and everything in it. So what what is what is that? You know. Yeah, so it's kind of like, so it's that is kind that's where I'm at now, right? But mm-hmm. my initial um, goal was like to make people walk in pieces of art, right? When I made clothes, mm-hmm. that's what my goal was, and that could be just that could be anything, right? Sure. So that could be just if I paint this jacket, I want when you walk in a room, somebody's gonna compliment you on it, right. or they're a hundred percent going to notice it, mm. and that doesn't really matter what the content is, but whether that's I'm making your jacket, painting a joker on it, which is something I've done, or Bart Simpson, or things like that, where I wasn't so conscious of the message that I was trying to put out, and more so of the feeling that I wanted people in the room to pay attention to. Okay. Um, and now, like, I do mix nature with kind of like daily 
black activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way I could sum that up is kind of like human nature, right? So that's what I've been I love that. looking at it. Yeah. At. So it's literally humans and nature together. Right. Um, and that's actually based off just like my process and being an artist of you're not going to be great overnight. You're not going to, you know, achieve everything overnight. Plants don't grow every night. So that's been kind of my way of like teaching myself through the process or right. uh, keeping myself motivated while translating that through art for other people to experience and kind of have that same idea as well. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here nodding my head, bro. Like I, I really feel like I'm in a, in a class. Yeah. <laughs> like I really like that's what, like I was saying earlier, like I really felt like this episode was going to be great, but I'm sitting here like in a class and I'm really processing everything. So, um, and that's all self-taught. Like, yeah. That's all. And that's what I love about it the most is just like, it's not from sitting in class and, you know, having a professor teach it to me. It's like, this is all of trial and error in real life that I've gotten to that point of like, okay, right. I know during this process in college, you want stuff instantly mm-hmm. or you feel like you're behind when you're really not behind, but it's just a feeling that you have. Right. And it was just like, okay, I'm aware of this. And I know that I'm not the only person dealing with it. So let me create something that helps the next person because, shoot, I need it. True. So it was just yeah. like, and that's what's most important to me, just art-wise. Like, And we could probably get into it like a little deeper <laughs> later as far as yeah. just like the art world mm-hmm. is different, bro. It's not an environment that growing up I am, I'm involved in mm-hmm. or that I live in. Right. So it's just like the art galleries are cool, but at the end of the day, I want my art to resonate with the people that have gone through experiences like me. Mm. The ones that was wearing the Capri plaid <laughs> shirts. Like, right. And the, and the under- family set Timberlands. Yeah. 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 You yeah, know, yeah. That's, that's what, that's who I'm trying to speak to. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the ones that don't really have 13 pair of shoes that they could just go through or mess up and always got another pair. Like I wanted to speak to the people that have been through similar experiences as me. Right. And I think that's the realness. Sometimes I feel that sometimes with art, we, we get lost. We we stray away from the purpose of art is supposed to be a depiction of what you feel or experience. And a lot of times what's advertised is not what you experience or, or necessarily agree with It's what, someone curated in a in a group setting and they wanted you to hear and see right. and, and feel like it was something you can relate to but I, I feel i feel what you mean like you create through experience you create from experience you right. know what i mean so if you can can relate to that that's you know that's love in addition to you know what i'm doing it for um and yourself when it comes to your pieces i i feel like they're also you know great and i definitely will show them off um when when I get the chance, is there any projects that you've worked on so far, um, art speaking, that you created that you might say that is your favorite or that has you know really been a great story for you? You know. Okay, let's see. So it's it's interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. which I've been trying to get better at, just full transparency. Sure. of the pieces I've made currently, right now, that Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not a fan of. Okay. Uh, Like, (laughs) I I appreciate them for Uh what they are and when I did them at the time that I painted them. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think it's just more so a potential thing of, like, again, I know the idea I'm going for, and this is 50% there, Mm -hmm. but it's not 100%. Sure. Um, So, I acknowledge it because it is 50, but it's also, like, it's missing something. Um, for me, because I know what I could potentially do and create. Right. Um, but as far as like, I have more key moments because my pieces kind of help me remember my times. Uh, so the pieces are kind of like chapters in a sense. Sure. Um, but I remember in college. Okay, actually, let's backtrack. Um, my self-portrait, mm-hmm. which is in a crib above the fireplace, <laughs> is. Me and like half a wolf, yeah, um, which is kind of like my spirit animal. Um, but it was like my first time doing a self portrait, first time doing a portrait, and I think to this day, that's my favorite painting and best painting that I've done, really. Which I did in 2018, and I had only been painting on canvases for probably six months. 
I have nothing. I'm, I have and nothing to say. <laughs> and, and I don't know how yeah. that's like how it's possible. Like, I'm pretty sure I can show that next to a painting that I've done recently, and nobody would guess that that was five years ago. No, nah, so, nah, that's crazy. Yeah, because the amount of pieces. I mean, the amount of pieces that I've seen that you create. It's amazing. It's very humbling to say that that is your favorite piece to yeah. still. And while I laughed earlier that the fact that you said you didn't necessarily don't have a favorite piece mm -hmm. or you don't really feel them like that, um, I gotta give respect to that. Like, you're an artist. You're always gonna keep creating. Yeah. Like, nothing will ever, you know. I mean, yeah, this might be a, a nice piece or whatever, but it's never. Your process isn't gonna trump the other. Right. You know, it, the goal is is always continuing. As long as you're here, you're you're just trying to grow with your art yeah and it's also just like i was saying like each piece is kind of like a sketchbook piece right right because ideas in your sketchbook everybody doesn't typically see what's in your sketchbook that's right. where you try ideas out and keep it to yourself to then apply it to the pieces that you do want to share mm -hmm. whereas to my process was different from that whereas to the pieces that i'm showcasing are ones that i feel like other people will keep to themselves so that's kind of why I feel like I don't necessarily have a favorite piece because this is like a draft in a sense. Okay. So, but I have to appreciate the draft because the draft leads to the, the final piece. Sure. So it's not like I don't have a, like they're my least favorite. It's right. just that it's in my head, it's not the final piece. That was a stepping stone. So my final pieces, which my portrait is why it's my favorite. Because right. in my head, that was one that I got up and I'm like, okay, this is one that it's not a trial. Mm -hmm. This is the official piece that I'm trying to make. Right. So that one, but I have um, more clothing pieces that I've painted that are like favorites or like uh, important in just like my journey. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely the Air Force ones that I painted in junior year of high school, mm -hmm. 5,000 likes. Actually, it was probably like, yeah, 5,000 likes like 3,000 or 5,000 retweets, first viral piece mm -hmm. ever. So that was uh, kind of like a moment of just like, dang, okay, like people like this. I can do this. Um, and that'll like, I, I really want to put those in like a glass case because that's kind of what gave me the confidence to keep going. Uh, and then after that, I did this Joker jacket my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. um, I think this like Suicide Squad came out. But okay. it was the the Joker has a mouth tatted on his hand, and he would like cover his mouth, right? And you could still see the mouth because it was on his hand. So I painted that on a jacket. Uh, that went crazy on campus, and then I want to say yeah, that was really like my first two pieces. That was like yeah, this is right. People seeing something different and knows, and it's like okay, we got to pay attention to this because nobody else is doing this right now. Right. Right. Still to this day, nobody else still is doing, else. Still doing what, what you do. Uh, Unless you do. If somebody out there that does do it, I'm open to, to seeing it. To no, see not it? to collaborate. No, but to see <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but, but to see it for sure. Because it's like, it's I'm a very uh, competitive person, right? Because mm -hmm. I used to play basketball before I did art. Right. Um, but the art space is so different, right? Which I try to be conscious of because... I am not the greatest artist in the world. I started because it was fun to me. But also at the same time, like I want to inspire you to do what you want to do as an artist or whatever that is. But at the same time, if you choose to do art, my mindset is that I want to be number one. So I can encourage you, but I also want the number one spot. And we both can't be there. <laughs> so I try to make the best thing I can every time right. in a way to you know, inspire you, but at the same time to show you, like, I really do this. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> been a thing to balance, like, find a balance between the two of encouraging people to keep going, but also showing that, like, if you're going to play, you got to play. Sure. So. And I, f and I feel like that's motivating, too, though, bro. I mean, even from the, the other side as well, it's like, I, I feel that, and you can, you know, quote me if I'm wrong here, mm -hmm. but I feel like even in a situation like that, that's inspiring. You know what I mean? That's a way of, like, building each other up. Like, you want to see, like, I want to see you go hard. I want to see what you right. can create. You know what I mean? And then I go back and I, you know, see what I can create and, you know, Facts. way I could do it up. So I, I, I like that. I like that competitive atmosphere. I think it's a safe competitive yeah. atmosphere as well. Um, 
branching out from that, bro, you've had a lot of collaborations and projects that you worked on, but one of the ones I really appreciate is some of the the murals and things that you've done for um, a lot of schools and, you know, after-school programs. So talk to me about that, bro. First off, um, how I, I asked you this earlier. How is it that people can, can get in touch with you? Yeah. How, how do they go about that? So it's just like Vic, in a sense, right? Like <laughs> right. How right. we met, like, is – off a friend Mm -hmm. that we met at two totally different times but found a way to get us in a room together to have conversations Mm -hmm. um and most of the opportunities i get is really just from one being rememberable um Mm. like i'm gonna be honest with you a lot of my opportunities come from when i was in school like Mm -hmm. elementary high school and college right um and it's most of the times from my teachers or like administration and it just comes from when i was in school they remember me for certain reasons and really the reason was that i i got good grades like that's good that's a good reason that was was really the thing i stood out a lot because my mom's a teacher right Mm -hmm. so you can't come home with c's yeah so i really had no choice but to be great in school so i've always kind of been like amazing at school i'm not gonna lie to you i had straight a's in college too while i was also painting hats during finals week so that kind of gives you an idea of like how much i'm really into my craft but Mm -hmm. also the academic asset academic side of it as well Mm -hmm. um but more so to circle back what we were talking about um it's being able to excel and be remembered sure so that's whether that's you know going to greet my professor going to greet whoever it is that's giving us this talk. And no matter what the room is, whether mm-hmm. we at the crib or Soho house or <laughs> in a, you know, um, a classroom, it's greet everybody like they are worth something because they are. And I like to be, I like to be able to reciprocate um, just relationships. Like I don't always like to take, take, like I want to be able to offer something as well. Um, so just leading with that allows people to, when they think of an artist or they think of art, my name comes up. Right. So, and I like to think that it's from the quality of the work as well, but it's also just off of, this is a genuine person I know. I like him as a person and I also like his work. I think it would be great for business. So that's kind of always been a thing that's helped me, um, move forward. And you also had a question before that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, the question, thank you. No, I appreciate that answer. Um, the question I had was just more so like you do a lot of some of the you know, pieces heroes, you right. created um, touching back to like schools and, and things of that. Um, so I was just, you know, asking you about how you kind of gotcha. came into those. Yeah. And uh, so backtrack too. Right? <laughs> so before I touched the canvas, right? Right. Before I've ever painted a canvas. Right. We got gym shoes. We got Timberlands. We got jackets and pants. The graduation from that was a mural so that's that's like not that's like and quote me if i'm wrong on that because this is how i see it that's like you went to high school played basketball didn't go to college went straight to the league (laughs) yeah that's what it (laughs) like and then the crazy thing about it though is like that first mural i did i didn't want to do wow and i got it because of my my grandmother right she um which has been a big influence on me art-wise, right? Because mm-hmm. we didn't go to art galleries and stuff like that. But when my grandma had me, she made it a thing to take me to see black art or to take me to um, the Dusabu Museum and stuff like that. So that was my introduction to art, mm-hmm. um, which also, again, being younger, you really don't want to go to the museum. Like, okay, grandma, I get it. But that I appreciate her for doing that because that opened me up to so much. Sure. Um, and has a big influence on the work that I do today and why I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that mural I did is on 40th and King Drive next to Chicago Chicken and Waffles. Um, I didn't want to do it. That's you. That's me. I did the Obama portion. That's and had never drawn or painted Obama before. Okay, so we we ain't never talked about this before yeah, shooting right. this, bro. But it's crazy because I I used to live around there and gotcha. I used to pass by that mural every day, like every day going home when my, or if I took the tr- the train and got off at Indiana and right. I walked by, pass by that every single day, bro. Yeah. That's amazing. That's right. Yeah, and that's you know, crazy. The, the right crazy by the barber shop, the little salon right yeah. there. That's crazy. And the crazy thing is, right, like, so I'm from 
like the hundreds. Mm-hmm. So this was like my junior going into senior year of high school when I did it. Um, so coming to 40th and King Drive felt like a whole different area of the city to me mm. because the way that we operated or where we went and just where I was at that time right, didn't really come towards Bronzeville or closer to downtown like that. Like I operated basically from 65th and further south. Right. So when I was going to do the painting, it felt like I had to drive so far to get here in this neighborhood that I'm not uh, accustomed to. So it was kind of like, it was just a weird feeling. And right. it was just like, I've never done a mural before. Can I do it? And things like that. Um, so that that right there, though, and the experience in doing that, the people in the neighborhood coming to help kids, coming to watch and see it, mm-hmm. kind of showed me like, okay, I wasn't open to it before, but it's something here. Like, this could be useful, uh, which kind of led to me now. Like, the reason I do murals, the single handedly ruled why I do murals is everybody will not make it to a museum or an art gallery but if I make this painting in your neighborhood you can pass it when you're on the bus when you're walking home and you don't have to go to it I kind of bring the art to you and you don't have to pay for it so selling paintings for millions and thousands is great but at the same time like inspiration should be free speechless it should be free so and murals allow it to be free for the people in the neighborhood so right I love doing murals for that reason alone. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's yeah, that's amazing, bro. I, I know that you just completed uh a mural last week. Yeah, at Leo High School. Right. Yep. Um what what was the uh, I mean, um, the process behind that? What were you trying to incorporate in that? What was the idea of that? Right. So like and this is the thing with murals too, right? Mm. Um one you either have to know somebody with a building or a wall that allows you to paint on it or mm-hmm. the city or the alderman, you know, comes to you to do the mural. Gotcha. Um, and for this one, particularly at Leo High School, uh, which is a predominantly black all-male school, mm-hmm. um, I kind of wanted my pieces now for people to see themselves within it, right? So, which is no knock to it. In our neighborhoods, you often see murals, but it's like Malcolm X. Obama, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. historical figures, which are important. But at the same time, it's like that's the past history. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you like to see things that propel you forward. Helps me think about the future. Let me see myself on these walls to show that I'm also capable of doing great things. Right. Um, and my goal for this mural is I wanted to paint the students in a way that when they walk past it, they can go like, oh, that's me or that will be me. Um, because I painted them like in a graduation sense, right? Right. So you as a freshman coming to high school, your goal when you look at this mural, you see them graduating, you want to see yourself graduate. Yeah. You want to see your friends graduate. They're happy, they're smiling, yeah. and they look like you. And it's this big ass mural. Right. And it kind of makes you feel a certain way about yourself. It makes you feel big instead of small. Sure. Um, and that was kind of my goal with that because a lot of people don't get to see outside of their neighborhood or their block. So you don't think about yourself staying downtown one day in a high <laughs> rise and stuff like that right. unless you're able to literally see yourself or someone like you in that position. Right. So I try to use my murals and my work to show you, like, you may not see this in a cousin or in a family member within your real life, but let's paint this picture that shows you that you too can get there type of thing. So I got to let it breathe, bro, because no, 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 for real, and, and I, I that is so, bro. That I, I that that's that's real inspiration right yeah. there. Like that really touched my like no no corny shit. Like that really touched my soul in a way, bro. Because like like seeing is believing, bro. It really it, is. It really is, man. And like for you to have that in mind while you're creating and creating for 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 kids, you know what I mean, like. A lot of stuff isn't created from for kids, bro. A lot of the stuff that we like or enter are interested in is what we've seen adults with or adopted from, you know, right. older people or whatever. But to create something specifically for youth, bro, like uh, it speaks volume. And I know along with that too, um, you've also, in, in addition to touching people with your art, you've also touched people by giving back in terms of speaking at schools, bro, yeah. and speaking to kids and and, and you know. Just you know, being uh, someone that you, that can be related to in, yeah. in, in in a way. 
Yeah, and that's just like, it's two things, right? Because I remember vividly, like when I was a kid, like my goal was always like, you have an opportunity at some point mm-hmm. to make it whatever you want, right? So like, my mom's buying my clothes for me now. I got to wear these long ass plaid shorts. <laughs> I got to wear these ones that she want me to wear. But at right. some point, I'm going to get to choose what pants I wear, what shoes I wear, mm-hmm. what my house looks like, what my car looks like. Yeah. And I think just that idea from an early age, and we talking like nine, like of being able to think like, okay, I might be able to do this. Like I see them driving this car. I like that car. I want that car when I grow up. Yeah. Why can't I get that car when I grow up? It's not really nothing. There are things stopping you, but at the same time, it's like, but it's not off the table yet. So that's always just inspired me to go back and tell the other kids that, like, I get that oftentimes it feels like, no, nah, you won't be able to reach that. But the truth is, you really could get that. Yeah. And that right there is just enough for me to go for it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, like, we, you don't listen to kids, like, oh, what they want to do and stuff like that. But it's like, bro. You as the parent or as an adult, your life is what it is, but that kid's life is a- ahead of them. Message. <laughs> nah, facts. So they can yeah. do it. Though you may not have been able to do it, they right. can do it. And the fact that I've been able to do some of the things that seven-year-old me dreamed of doing mm-hmm. is like, oh, okay, like, it is possible. And not me from hearing your story say it's possible, but from me living it. So now I can accurately go back and tell that other 7, 9, 13, 15, 18-year-old, like, bro, I I did it last week, so I'm telling you, you can really do it. Like, you can, and there's still more to do. Like, I haven't done everything, but Mm -hmm. the fact that I had one thing that I wanted to do and I've been able to do it, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I, I don't, man, you came to play today, bro. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) You came to play. Uh, Nah, bro, I, I. I, that's big, man. I, like I said, I it's such a big thing to to have somebody, especially even in close in age to you, like pushing you. You know, yeah. especially in a, in a time where you don't really see uh, the people that are older than you surrounding you, pushing your dreams. You know, more so telling you, hey, you should do this instead of push for your dreams. So, I th- with a hundred percent, that's love, bro. And, and keep going with what you're doing. I appreciate um, that. If you ain't heard it from me yet, so m- most important, I just two. Too uh too shocked to speak, man. So, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, man. Uh, get, getting back into you know a lot of the other things that mm. you've done, um, great things that you've done, bro. Uh, you actually just had a uh, re- you were just recognized at the Bulls game. I was. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is it's super crazy. big, bro. It's super crazy. big, yeah. And it's right. I've been real, I've been trying to be real aware of, like, life as I go through it, because I oftentimes have a problem of, like, living in a moment for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and it's like, I don't want to minimize these moments, um, but it's so crazy, right, because, like, that whole day, um, I felt weird, like, the, the first, like, the day that it happened, like, in the morning. I got like a journal where I try to write down my emotions, good or bad, or don't really know how they feel. Like I write it down just so I can be aware of it. And that morning I was like, I'm excited, but like, I'm not, but I don't know why, but this is how I feel. Um, But then as I went through it, it was an amazing time. And it was just crazy of like, I had hella moments of like, damn, we, we really, we really here. Like, it's never of like, oh yeah, we supposed to be here. Like this is easy. It's like, uh, I'm in shock while it's happening, because you can say that like, oh yeah, one day I want to get highlighted by the Bulls. I want to be on the jumbotron, but then to catch yourself in that moment and having that same thought is so crazy that I really don't know how to explain the feeling of it aside from like the way you think it feels for me is exactly how it feels for me. It's not a, oh, I'm supposed to be here. This is normal. It's a, damn, you really like doing that. Yeah, right. And I'm saying to myself, like, damn, we really. I'm really here. Doing that. Yeah. So, and it's, uh, I never want to take those moments for granted. And I hope that moving forward, I never get to a point where it is like, a, oh, yeah, we're here again doing this. Like, yeah. I wanted to always feel like 
damn, this shit possible. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know that was so big for you, bro, especially to, to take back um, and bring home to your people. You know what I mean? And, yeah. to, and to see you self-taught, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, that was the biggest thing. I like, don't lie. That, like, for the family, though, right? Because yeah. like I was saying, like, being in those moments and having a hard time living in the moment, having my people there to experience it made it real, right? Because now, though, just realistically, just how my brain works, I could forget about it tomorrow. Like, I live through it, and it's hard for me to tap back into those emotions that I had yesterday while I was there. But my little sister being able to relive the moment and have the conversations about that day makes it more real to me as I move forward. But also for them, like, court side of the game, like, brother, son on the jumbotron, to be able to see that and experience it and share that is something that, you know, everybody doesn't get to go through, and it makes it even more worth it. Like, the experiences for myself are great, but the fact that I get to share them with the people around me to show them that it's also possible in their lives and whatever aspect they want it to be, like, makes it worth it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm stuttering, bro, cause I, I'm at a loss for words, bro. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's just, it's so big, bro, and, and there's, it's so big in a multitude of of things that it's just hard to, to pinpoint and say anything else other than that is big, and it's, yeah. and it's amazing how you receive it and how you know just keeping a very humble mindset about it all. Um, yeah. It's very uncanny. You don't really see that too often. Yeah. So, and I and I try to be the thing too, right? Because like I I do talk to like a decent amount of people, and it's just like I I can understand and I see when it's like a. I never want people to make it seem like it's a. Well, this was made for you. Like you could do it because that's you, and it's like. Mm-mm. Self talk. I was just you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's just me, like it's it could be just for you as well. So like yeah. that's why I try to show that it's never the oh yeah I'm supposed to be here I'm doing this like yeah. showing it off as if this is a norm because it is not. Yes. Whether it happens one time or ten times, it's still not a norm at the tenth time. Um, and the best way that I can like kind of give insight to that right is. Because I've often wondered, just, like, from celebrities and stuff like that, like, whether you're performing at Coachella or Lollapalooza or, you know, you're the this big celebrity like Drake. Like, does it feel the way that people on the outside see you? Or do you just wake up as yourself and go through your day the way you know how to do it? Mm. And, like, in the Bulls event kind of helped give me insight to that, right? Because, yes, to the outside, it's this big grand thing, and it is. But I am just going through with my daily day like mm-hmm. i'm going here i know i have to speak i have to say this i'm here setting this up like i'm going through my day normally and i feel regular but the magnitude or the way that it's showcased uh does have this grand experience but i'm still being me through the process um and the thing that helped me in that is like these people are regular people and i'm not talking about celebrities i'm talking about the bulls organization the people that helped me get that spot they're regular people. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that makes us, makes opportunities feel so far away is because you think about Nike, right? right? You're thinking about the entire conglomerate of this business, but there's a person that probably graduated three, four years ago that's now sitting in the Nike office that looks for talent. So you don't have to impress Nike as a whole. You have to impress the 27-year-old that just graduated three years ago, which is which seems more doable now, right? Because I can get the attention of somebody that's a real person that I deem a real person opposed to the whole however years Nike has been here. Like, you're not talking directly to Phil Knight. It's people that work a regular job at Nike the way that you work your job when you go. And they also have days where they like, damn, I got to go to work today. I can impress that person. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that breakdown specifically has just really altered my mind right now. Kid you not, because when I've been applying to positions um, at jobs, you don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about the example that you gave. Hey, it's 27 year old. You gotta, right. you got, that's the gate. 
that that that's the key. That's who you need to, you know, really speak and perform to. Um, but I've always had more of an overall mindset, and I'm sure a lot of people have right. an and overall mindset. And I did too. Mindset. That's why it's like, and these and this these moments of just like when the Bulls email you, there's yeah. so and so at Bulls dot com that's emailing me. And Somebody you, that went to work that day, right? Not just. The bull, Benny ain't emailing me. (laughs) It's somebody that works there. Um, Even like when I did the thing with the Smithsonian, it's somebody that works at the Smithsonian that Mm -hmm. emails me. So it's like, okay, you're you're a person. There's people here. And it just made it all the the real and accessible of like, okay, it might be profitable. I'm not going to lie. When I probably saw the email from the smithsonian or, or the bulls i probably would have thought that was fake i'm not even gonna, i did i'm not even fake. gonna hold bro, you i would have probably looked at it like bro when huh? i got the email and it was a random tuesday i was probably about to play call of duty or something and i got it and i screenshot it i sent it to my girl I sent it to my friends i'm like did this look like a scam <laughs> and then i yeah. like i looked up the name on linkedin and i'm like it matched up i'm like wait this is real yeah. and they the crazy part they emailed me like you know would you like to be a part of this? Like, are you, you're asking me if I would like, like, yes. Like, don't ask me. I thought, yes. Why would I say no? <laughs> right, right. Why would I say no? Who, I, I'm like, who would say no? Who would say no? There, I I don't think nobody. There's yeah, no way. Why. But I appreciate it. Though. Yeah. They were like, you know, if you, if you would like to, you know, be a part of this with us. Right. It's like, okay. It, it makes you feel like you're giving me a, a choice, mm-hmm. which I think is always a great thing. Um, even if I'm going to say yes, like, give me a choice because that seems like you value me and not just coming into it like, of course you're going to want to work with us type of thing. Right, right. Even though, of course, I am going to course, Right. <laughs> so that's kind of right. like, and and I think that's a humbling thing too because if the Bulls can email or any other business could email you like that, you can also pay that for it and be the same with other people that you work with. So never going in there like, it's a... Because though it may be a goal to work with that person, business, or whatever it is, it's like it has to be a mutual thing. It has to be a respect between it because down the line, when that dies out, it's like I want to feel like I had a good experience and I'm actually tied to you opposed to just being a pawn in your move type of thing. Right. But Yeah. Definitely thought it was a scam. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, we from Chicago, so it's like yeah. I got I to gotta triple check before I – Sit there, look like a goofy, thinking that right. you know yeah. it was real when it wasn't. I feel so. you. I definitely come across some emails like, um, I don't know about that, but um, and it, it did check out to be very scammer like. But yeah, I just know that that was that would have been a process of my own, just trying to like, damn, this is really real. Like, yeah. but that's what you do though. That's oh, we got two tips. First tip: if you ever get an email and you want to double check if it's real, whoever name is attached to it, look them up on LinkedIn. And if it attaches, because it should be in their uh, work history of, like, works here, mm-hmm. you know it's real. The other thing, which is, could be applied to anything. So if a number texts you or call you, go to Cash App, put it in the search bar, name pops up. I'm dead. Now, I ain't never that's thought like, about that one, that's bro. That's how you know, because everybody got a Cash App now. So it's just like, Damn. okay, who is this number, like, randomly text? I don't have Cash App, but put I might it, have to try that with Zill. Put it... No, okay, nah, that's too. That might go too far. Yeah, <laughs> put it in cash up or send it to me. I'll put it in. All cash right, I got you. Like, send it to you. Who who is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. First and last name. Oh wow. So yeah, stay stay woke and yeah, stay, I was stay prepared. Say, you know. No, you just gave C- CPD a, a whole <laughs> <laughs> a whole help hey, right here, man. Yeah. So you know, that's just that's a um a tip, man. You know. Yeah. Stay nah, safe out here. Definitely. Wow. Uh. Man, bro. So what what's next, man? Like what what is next? What can we expect from you? Um, shoot. Honestly speaking, right? And it's a transparent moment, right? Mm-hmm. I've honestly been contemplating going like commercial wise mm-hmm. creative, right? Sure. So my degree is in advertising and business management. And I actually never told anybody, but I've been a full-time artist for six years now, right? Six or seven years. Um, But that's, like, from high school to now. Um, Living in college, that money is totally different than living in Chicago on your own. Though I was able to do it uh, in college comfortably, 
Uh, and for the past three years, I've been able to do it comfortably living in Chicago, which is amazing. And I'm still surprised by it every day, to be honest with you. Um, it's hard, bro. It's hard. It's hard. Being like, an artist in Chicago. Yo, no, not even. Being being well, an artist being an in artist. Chicago, mm. being self-employed, yeah. and waking up every day, and the thing that you do, which for me happens to be art, mm-hmm. paying your bills and putting food in your fridge is tiring. Mm-hmm. That's very real. Because for me, which it is great being an artist i get to wake up i get to do what i want to do sure i get to set my own schedule mm-hmm. but the other side to that is that none of it is guaranteed and if i take the day off i don't make any money right if i take a month off i don't make any money if right. i don't get up and paint i don't make <laughs> any money like, right so and it's just like and people always kind of like shoot down the nine to five but it's like some nine to five oh. you could just show up and you're gonna get paid Right here. <laughs> and it's right, like Yeah, yeah. And is there's beauty and there's opportunity yeah. in that. And it's just like because it's been nights where it's hard for me to go to sleep because I'm thinking about the next play. Like, yeah. okay, how can we make this? How can we do that? And it doesn't stop. Yeah. Because if it does stop, then you stop making money. Thanks. So I have been thinking like I've proven to myself that I can do this. That's kind of been my goal. Um it's not really uh, critiqued or based off anybody else's opinion. Like, I've been able to do this. I've been able to achieve some great things. Honestly speaking, I could stop painting today, and I think I would love the career that I've had. It's one further than I've ever imagined. So, with that in mind, my I graduated in 2020, which was the middle of the pandemic. Right. Had an internship at an advertising agency got canceled because of the pandemic which is why i became a full-time artist because that was the only option i had left right but there is still a desire in me to like see what that world is like okay um never got to experience that like my dream job was to work for wyden and kennedy which is an advertising agency but they do the commercials for nike so like the uh colin kaepernick ad that nike did was made by them oh wow so it's always been like my dream to work in that in that world. That's a different world than where I grew up uh, and lived that to be working with Nike in a capacity uh, is, like you said, having that North Star, being able to see outside of your neighborhood. That's something that like I know is there, but I haven't been able to live in that world. And I kind of want to see what that's like. Right. So I've been thinking about, like, how can I apply what I do now mm-hmm. to maybe go to an advertising agency and test out and see what that world is like. Right. So. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll I'm, see, I'm still trying to, you know, being able to make your own schedule, move when you want to move is yeah. definitely uh, a privilege uh, in the life of being an artist. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I have other goals, you know, and at the end of the day, like, I ain't trying to burn myself out so quick. Sure. So if I can go there and get paid doing what I love to do, guaranteed. Yeah. Let's see what it's like. And plus, two incomes is always better than one income. Amen. I'm never gonna stop painting, yeah. but at least my day to day, I can go here do this and do paintings on the side. Sure. So you can make the world work for you. Right. That's, that's what I'm trying to lead with. Like it ain't just getting up and going to work and I'm no longer painting. It's like a, okay, who said I couldn't be a full time artist and no full time you know, art director for somebody else. True. Which Virgil did, by the way. You have Off-White. You're still Virgil. And you're the creative director of Louis Vuitton. That's two checks. Yeah. He he works for somebody else. So yeah. don't get so caught up in working on your own because the people you look up to work for people. Yeah. Bro, this uh, I, this episode, so, man, it's, it's really speaking volumes to me, man. And I hope it's rece- – I know it's going to be – I ain't even hoping. It's going to be received the same way, bro. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I, I, it's been great, bro, like hearing everything. and You're inspiring not only just me but kids and, and I'm sure listeners, bro. So I really, 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 really appreciate you coming out today and just chopping it up with me. And uh, 
Honestly, we I feel like there's so much more to speak about. We're going to have to run a part two back. Definitely have to run a part Definitely two. Definitely going to have to run that part two back. But thank you, bro. I appreciate, I appreciate you, you having me for real. coming through today, man. And it's been great, as, as I keep repeating, bro. So, so many gems to take away from you speaking today. And I just, you know, I, I look to apply it to life going forward. Um, thank you, bro. Uh, thank yeah. you. I appreciate you giving a platform for, you know, all the creatives, honestly, like, that's also been a thing that I've been um, just paying attention to lately. It's just like it, you don't have to be so far gone or so high up for your story to matter. True. You learn stuff that can help the next person as yeah. well. So, And you've been giving a platform to people that I'm not going to say are to the public are seem normal, but are also doing great things. Yeah, like, absolutely. I ain't got to. My story doesn't have to be in vogue for it to be validated. That's true. So yeah. I appreciate you validating the experiences and creatives, you know, on a local level that will go on and continue to do great things, but also inspire people that, you know, are able to see like, oh, that's my friend in there doing it. Right. That's yeah. just as much as you seeing the creative that has 100,000 followers doing it. And it might be even more important because now you can see it happening in front of you. So yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, man, I, I appreciate that, bro. I really do. So. Man, thank you. Thank and thank the Scholastic Book Fair as well. <laughs> yeah, these. thank you. Shout out to Scholastic. Right. Appreciate y'all, man. Even though I never could get anything, but thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you well, look, that now they know where to reach you at. They do know where to yeah, reach. Yeah, now they can send you them books that we was never able to get. Yeah, and I'm gonna give it back to the kids. Fa- get get this you man know? a seat somewhere you know? in office. Get this man a seat, man. You know, man. Try clean only. You heard it here first. Khalif Canvas Dinkins. Peace. All right.